You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. Welcome to the Week Ahead podcast with Chuck and Rachel. Um, we've had a pretty busy last week, which accounts for why we're publishing this a day late. Um, we had a staff and board retreat in Chicago, and Chuck also had an event in Kalamazoo. Uh, so first, Chuck, I'm interested in hearing about how that went, because we didn't actually get a chance to talk about that, really. No, we were together for like two days. And- <laughs> we had other things to talk about. So busy, Yeah. Kalamazoo was fantastic and uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, when I'm, when I don't go on the road for a while, um, which it's been since uh, early December, yeah. um, sometimes you get a little rusty. You're like, you know, you, you, you got to find your voice again because, you know, when you, when you go and you give a lot of talks, like in, in sequence, you kind of get in a groove. Um, and then when you take time off, it's like, okay, I got to get back in that groove again. And, uh, wow, it was, it was the opposite. It was like the time off did me well. Uh, they had me do the morning keynote, which went really well. And then I did two follow-up sessions. I did a neighborhood's first discussion, uh, which was, you know, we had a really good conversation around that. And I I think it kind of opened people's eyes a little bit. Uh, these were, uh, largely like city administrator type or city executives. I think was the municipal executives was the conference. And, uh, you know, I was talking in kind of dollars and, and cents and risk and, you know, really their language. And then in the afternoon, we just had an open like hour and a half uh, Q&A session. And geez, was that fun. I mean, we really, you know, the, these people were smart. They had a lot of questions to ask. They were really tough. And uh, I felt like we had a good time. I, I'm going to try to start recording some of those ones that are just Q&A. Yeah. Because, yeah, they're, they're really good. And it's, I think it's good to, uh, you know, to have people hear the questions that other people are asking and then, uh, you know, hear the way that, uh, is being responded to, because those are the most, that's the most fun part of the whole conversation is how different parts of the country are focusing on different things and have a different set of, of questions and priorities. Although I bet if people listen to those questions, they'd also say, oh, I've had that question before too. So. Yeah, it's funny because for a long time early on, you know, years like six years ago, um, questions kind of freaked me out because, <laughs> you know, I, I hadn't heard a lot of them before and they, they were making yeah. me really think deeply about things that I had not considered. It was more like, you know, here's my kind of thesis and what do you guys think? And then people kind of came after me and that's good. Um, now it's it's less of that because... And we had, you know, a million or so people on our site and, you know, we had hundreds of thousands of people kind of digging into this thing. And I, I won't say I've heard every question because I know I haven't, but it's very few things that actually, yeah, just come right out of left field. I think finding, finding better ways to answer the same question is really what the Q&As do for me. And I, I just, I really value that time. Is there a favorite question that you remember or the most interesting question from this Kalamazoo event? You're going to ask me this and I, I, yes, um, there was a, there was a question on race and, uh, you know, 
It's a tough, it's a tough one to answer. And I'm not sure that I answered it exactly the way that the person was hoping I would. Um, but, uh, yeah, they asked me, you know, how big of a, it, it, specifically in terms of, you know, the, the Ponzi scheme part, you know, how big of a, how big of a factor is race? And, you know, I, my answer was basically along the lines of, I don't deny that it was a big factor. Um, you know, I, I, I go through the whole routine where like, you know, where I come from, we have a lot of diversity, you know, we have Swedes and Norwegians yeah. and Finns. So, you know, my path towards explaining this did not start with race. And, you know, I wasn't trying to explain a, a racial dimension because, you know, that really wasn't a part of the thing that I was struggling to try to explain. As I've, you know, gotten out into more of the country and see places where, you know, looking at it and interacting with it has the, you know, much the same feel as my place, but yet has these other kind of racial overtones and components is race a part of that. And I, I think, you know, undeniably, yes. Would the things exist without race? I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, I think a lot of the things that we see in our development pattern are, are human reactions. I think they're, you know, innate in all of us. Um, does race exacerbate it? I, I think probably, you know, almost certainly yes. I mean, I think to the extent that, us having to talk to each other and work together is uh, is made more difficult by, you know, the other and, and lines we can draw or naturally are inclined to draw along those lines. Yeah, I, I think it makes it worse. I, I think the problem we have, and this is what I tried to stress with them, is that we can look back and I think have all kinds of explanations. I, I think the thing that is harder for us is that, you know, we're going through this contraction phase. Um, it's much easier to be generous when the pie is growing. It's mm -hmm. a lot harder to have these conversations when the pie is not necessarily growing. Um, and that, that's the challenge that we have today. So to the extent that, and, and I'm not trying to downplay it, to the extent that race is a huge issue, I think it's going to be compounded uh, along with everything else uh, in, a, in a cycle of contraction. And I think it's really important to kind of understand, and this is where I ended. I think it's important to understand what is causing the contraction so that we don't use race and other things as really the scapegoat for what is a problem that, you know, we kind of mutually created. So let's talk about the board meeting and staff meeting now. I mean, we're not going to like go into all the details and I know. Oh we'll no, let's be... go through the agenda. <laughs> the lengthy 48 hour agenda. Um, well, here's a question. Are we going to be coming out with the annual report soon? That will, um, I mean, I know we talked about a lot of assessment of 2016 during our meeting. Is that yeah. going to turn into a report? Yeah. Should I just release the 18 page report <laughs> I put together for the, the staff and the, uh, the board? I can um, maybe shorten that for you a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you know, a lot of places put together their annual report like towards the end of the year and they do that as a fundraising thing. Um we we have a history of putting together an annual report like after we actually <laughs> go through and put it together, you know, like here's how the year went and here's what we're planning to do. I, yeah. I think the I think the thing that we've dealt with the last few years is that, you know, things are changing really quickly for us. I mean, our our audience more than doubled last year. Um you know, there's, there's just a lot of stuff going on. And so 
taking an annual account of, of all that has transpired and kind of everything that we've got in the pipeline is a, is a really important part for us, far more than like a, you know, doing a PR thing at the end of the year. What other thoughts do you have about the the meeting? I mean, it was interesting because it was the first time that uh, I had ever met the board members and uh, obviously for Key and Max as well. In person, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even met Max yet, so uh, it was a lot of good FaceTime with people that, yeah, we've talked online obviously for years, but uh, it was cool to be able to do that in person finally. Well, this is part of having, you know, the the remote office situation that we have where, you know, everybody works in different places. I kind of realized early on that it w- would not make sense to ask every, you know, to use the, uh, the, the pool of potential people here in my hometown uh, as like, you know, the backbone of strong towns. We uh, got some really nice people here and it's doing some great work, but really... Um, you know, the ability to attract people from all over the country with different backgrounds and different understandings is really a central part of what we do. And I meant mm-hmm. we'd be in different places and we'd only get together every now and then. And so, yeah, these things become really important for us because not only is it a time for us to be able to kind of talk fluidly about things, you know, without the uh, the Skype connection or what have you, um, but also to have those side conversations where people get to know each other personally I mean, my my favorite part of the whole thing was when we all went out for pizza. Um, yeah, you know, and Thursday night we all we all went out, and you know we'd worked hard all day, and the board showed up uh, in the evening, and we all went out and and got some Chicago style pizza together, and everybody kind of just was introducing themselves and having these informal conversations. And I, I think that really set the the tone and the framework for a, a really productive day on Friday when everybody was there. I, we definitely don't do a lot of water cooler conversation in this job, which is good. It means we're using our time really well, but uh, yeah, it was good to kind of get to know people on a personal basis for a little bit too, especially uh, Ian, one of our board members who, he isn't on Slack with us, so I don't talk to him nearly as much as John or Andrew. So he was like kind of a mystery to me. So that was especially fun to get to know him a bit. He is now, and all of them. by the way. They, the, yeah, I saw that. Although he hasn't uh, said anything. So we'll the see. other board members shamed him into finally joining Slack. <laughs> he is a he is an interesting guy who has like a very set kind of uh, you know way he goes about doing his life and. Uh, it doesn't include talking on the phone and it doesn't include like a whole bunch of things that, uh, that most people do, but he's like highly efficient because of it. So yeah, we, we got him on Slack and, uh, I think you'll like that. Tell me what your favorite part was. I think probably just the, on Friday when we had the board and staff all together, just strategizing and, uh, reflecting on the past and mostly thinking about what we want to do this year. Um, that was really helpful because, yeah, there's something that happens when you're in person with people that even though it can be a little bit more chaotic than uh, a conversation on Slack or a conversation on video chat where you have, you know, 30 minutes to like make a decision about something, I think that those more free-flowing conversations are really helpful for the stuff that we're trying to do, which is, you know, plan out the future and come up with new ideas and test out ideas. Um, yeah, I appreciated that. I also liked our focus on, um, 
Jonathan Heights stuff. You made us watch a 45 minute video. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is this going to be a waste of our precious time? But it wasn't. And then we, we all uh, talked about it afterwards. Um, and then you published, you, you posted, I don't know if it was that video on Monday. No, it was one was that, it that I video? made. I don't know no, it was one I made the board watch. Yeah, no, okay. I think it, it was Another the same one. one we watched. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think has been very important for framing strong towns and our communications and our understanding after the uh, recent election, because obviously it's a, a contentious time. And you titled your article, Our Contentious Culture, which yeah. I think is appropriate. I I really loved, um, and I don't know if you grasped this or not, um, in terms of like for me, but I, I I came into the meeting with some ideas on that Friday afternoon session about how do we in our strategic plan the the third step of three steps we have is to nudge people to take action, and we've done a really really good job on the first two steps, which is to create you know great content and then distribute it broadly, but the third step nudging people to take action is something that we've kind of talked about but never really kind of systematically gone at it. And I had some ideas and I actually put together like a three or four page memo on, you know, here's kind of what I thought we should do. And before the meeting going in, a couple of the board members, one had said, yes, I really like this. And one had said, "Ah, I'm not so sure. And, you know, amongst the staff, there was, I think, some deference to me as being the idea guy, but yet maybe some skepticism as we talked about it, I, the the conversation kind of evolved and it, 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 it molded itself. And by the time we got done, we had four action points um, that were completely different than anything that I had proposed. Yet to me, I feel like met the exactly the intent with the staff capacity and, and the resources that we have. I, I was just thrilled about how that conversation went. Yeah. So when are we going to get started on those? Uh, that's what i love that's what i love about you i get up in the morning and i turn on my computer and i'm just like dying because i was up till two in the morning writing or doing something and a ping what what are we going to start what are we going to do this like hey chuck like what's going on here um so yeah i don't i mean asap um i have to get the next sprint together on our uh on our scrum board and uh, and we'll get moving. But yeah, I, I think, you know, this spring we're going to be rolling out some really interesting tests to see if we can uh, get people nudged to, to take action and uh, and actually put some of this stuff to work in their communities. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. It's something that a lot of our members have asked us for time and again, like, tell me, help me figure out how to do X, Y, Z in my town. Help me like get the motivation to do this. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be a really good component of 2017 for us. I do have too. You been, have you been doing any interesting reading or listening to podcasts lately? What about your, you drove a ton last week. Did, what did you do in the car? You actually said that I drove a ton. Um, Didn't you? that was, that was pretty normal for me. Um, oh, okay. I mean, I drove down to, uh, the airport from here. That's two and a half hours. Uh, then I drove from Kalamazoo to Chicago. That was like three hours. And uh, then I drove, uh, you know, back home on Sunday. So that that's actually when I'm traveling. Yeah, when I'm traveling, that's not abnormal. Um, 
it's abnormal for a week. I mean, I don't try, I don't drive near that much on a normal week here. I hardly drive at all. Um, I, you know what I, I did is I wound up, okay, Ian, Ian and I, a, a couple years ago, swapped DVDs. And I'm, but, but, and by that I mean, like, I really wanted him to watch this one DVD, and I sent it to him. And at, like, the same time, he had this one he wanted me to watch, and he sent it to me. Um, so we talked to each other, and we both said, like, have you watched your DVD? No, I have not. <laughs> and so we promised each other that we would watch these DVDs on the, you know, uh, uh, before we had our meeting. So... I had I had tried my DVD players broke. Um, I thought, well, I'll just I'll just stream it. Couldn't. Um, it's not like available on Amazon. So I found a website that I thought it was available on, and I got in the car and I thought, okay, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna watch this, but I can at least uh, like yeah, while driving. Than yeah, but I can at least like listen to it, you know. So like I'm not totally clueless. It's actually a, a movie from 1999 called Drop Dead Gorgeous. Okay. It's about a like a like a like a beauty pageant, but it's he he wanted me to watch it. He said it was one of the funniest movies you've ever seen, and he said it was uh, the Minnesota part is what he thought that I would like. So this uh-huh. is like for fun, not like because you'll learn something about strong town. Oh no, right? this is totally okay. for this is totally okay. for fun. Yeah, that. no, this is totally. But Ian, I mean, you've met him now a little bit. Ian is like when when I shared Jonathan Height from you. That is because, like four years ago, Ian told me you have to read Thinking Fast and Slow. Mm-hmm. And Thinking Fast and Slow was like just one of the most mind-bending books ever. And it started me down this path that has kind of led to uh, you know, cognitive psychology, moral psychology, and Jonathan Haidt. So you know, when Ian says, like, you need to read this or you need to do this, he's like the one guy where I'm like, okay, if Ian says it, yes, I will do it. Well, I had the website and everything, and I got like through the cre- I'm, I'm got through the credits. I start driving down the road, get like you know thirty thirty seconds down the road. Bam! It says, "Nope, this is uh, you know copyright material. You can't watch it. You can go to this other website and get it." I pulled over. I tried to go to this other website. You had to sign in. They want to. So I didn't watch it. Okay. Um, if anyone has seen the movie Drop Dead Gorgeous. <laughs> there's a there's a new ver- there's a newer Drop Dead Gorgeous that's like uh, did, is definitely not it's like from the 2000 something. This is a 1999 movie. It, it I'll tell you what, it looks terrible. It didn't get great ratings. <laughs> Sounds like it would be terrible just based on the name. Yeah, I'm not like I have no I have I have I could not have less interest in actually watching this movie. Um, but he didn't watch the one I sent him either. So we're both. Uh, we're both reluctant uh, to uh, to take that, but, but I but I will do it. I'm going to watch it. I I promise you. I will get um, I will get a DVD player and watch it at some point here. Are you planning to write anything else this week? Um, it's, you hinted that you might want to continue talking about the Jonathan Haidt stuff later this week. Is that I did? I wound I wound up writing a lot in the comment section on that Monday article. Yeah, I saw that. I was just scrolling through that. Yeah, as opposed, <laughs> I was going to write like a like a follow up post, and then I wound up writing there. I might actually turn those into a follow up post because I think they're worthy of deeper conversation. I also have been doing this experiment with my Facebook feed to um, see if I can tame it a little bit and tame it without blocking people. You know? Yeah. Um, 
you know, a lot of our Facebook feeds. And by the way, I love Facebook. I mean, I, I don't think it's like bad for our culture. I don't think it's a, it's a horrible thing. But I, I do think that it is possible for us to like with, with anything, you know, completely misuse it. And, you know, I always take a, a social media Sabbath on the weekend. So I take uh, 24, you know, at least 24 hours starting Saturday a- afternoon or evening. And then I don't turn it on again until Sunday evening. I think that that's healthy for people to do, um, you know, focus on those around you and, and not this uh, chirping thing. But I, I, I love the fact that I can stay in touch with all these people around the country in kind of this instant intimate way. And I, I, I like Facebook, but since, you know, September, (laughs) um, Facebook has become this like toxic place in some ways. And, you know, uh, particularly in the last like two or three weeks, and, and I'm not talking about, um, toxic as in people sharing political things. I mean, I, I, I enjoy that. If you're a thoughtful, intelligent person, sharing uh, something that you think is thoughtful, intelligent, and you have, you know, a rationale. I, I'm not like looking for people who agree with me. Uh, I'm looking for people who are thoughtful and intelligent. A lot of the people in my uh, kind of normal circle who I think are really thoughtful, intelligent have become suddenly not. And they become suddenly not for a lot of the reason that Jonathan Haidt describes. I mean, the whole tribal thing binds us and blinds us, as he would say. And so a lot of the things like today, I had one friend who's you know, going on about Donald Trump is unable to read, like he's incapable, he's illiterate. And I'm like, well, okay, there's a lot of like really fair criticisms about the Trump administration and about their hastiness and how they're signing things without fully vetting them. But that's different than like illiteracy, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. like, you know, you, you, you kind of discredit your, your, yourself when you are, make some like screed about he's too dumb to even be, you know, capable of reading. So it's like filtering out that is what I'm, you know, how do I get a feed that is back to being like intelligent? So last week I did this experiment where I ran, um, I, I did two things. The, I, first of all, I didn't post anything hardly. Uh, I did post a couple of things from our meeting, but I didn't post hardly anything except I had on rotation uh, 14. So I did seven days in a row, two, twice a day, um, just like happy pictures. Um, I mean, little things like, you know, kittens and bunnies and uh, rainbows and Skittles and things like that. Yeah. And the idea was, you know, I'm trying to like mess with Facebook's algorithm You know, if I post, because Facebook will give you, like, if people like your stuff, Facebook will consider them part of your group and they'll give you more of their stuff. And I thought, well, whoever likes this is probably like me. They're maybe like fed up with all this stuff and they want their feed to be nicer. So I'm going to, I'm going to just put that out there and like, see if I can just like have Facebook start giving me like a more rational brand of, uh, of, you know, my 2,800 friends or whatever I've got. Um, the second thing I did is I did take the people that were really, uh, you know, what 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 Jonathan Haidt would call um, demonizing. Um, you know, I, I took them and they, they were on both sides of the aisle. You know, they're, they're in our left-right divide. They're both left and right. If you were just like serial demonizer, um, I would say give me less of this person. I, I didn't block anybody. I didn't unfriend anybody, but I said, you know, there's a little button you can click. It's like, I don't want to see this post and I'd like to see less from this person. 
And actually, after you know a week of doing that, I kind of like my Facebook feed again. I, I'm 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 getting a really broad variety of opinions. I'm probably getting more like anti-administration than pro, but that's kind of maybe where the the dialogue is today. Anyway, um, which I'm fine with. I'm good. I'm I'm good with that. Just make it intelligent, and I, I feel like I'm getting there. You know. And you're getting a broad variety of kitten and puppy posts too, which is the most important thing. Do you know what's really cool is that a lot of the um, the things that you kind of like the most about Facebook, like here's a picture of my kid and here's uh, – yeah, I had a friend that's at the hospital a block and a half away from here where I live. I live a block and a half from the hospital. I didn't realize they were over there. Um, yeah, now and, – and I don't know as I would have found out um, – you know, but I, I kind of cleaned up my feed and now those things are starting to come through. So, yeah, I think that it's a nice way to handle it. Um, I want to mention uh, that on Thursday, Kia Wilson, our new uh, co colleague, is going to be hosting a Slack chat uh, this Thursday at 1 p.m. Central. And she'll be chatting about cycling and biking. Um, just kind of inspired by an article that she wrote, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, about kind of the terminology that we used to talk about people who bike and whether they're called a cyclist or just, you know, a person that bikes. Uh, so that got a lot of conversation going. So she's going to be hosting a chat Thursday, 1 p.m. Central, that uh, you guys are all invited to join. Fantastic article. Yeah. I thought so too. I'm glad uh, we're getting our new colleagues to be writing. I hope we can have Max write something one of these days. I would like uh, that too. I mean, Kia is a beautiful writer. I mean, yeah, well, she's a New York Times book reviewed writer. Yeah, so. she is a New York Times book reviewed writer. She's a she is a fiction author, um, but her mm -hmm. you know her nonfiction writing is fantastic too. It just I, I love people whose writing flows beautifully and uh hers hers does and it's compelling to boot so yeah i i'm uh i'm looking forward to that chat i'm going to try to participate too just because i am interested in her perspective on this she's uh she walks the or she bikes the bike so to speak um, yeah definitely i'm yeah. not i'm not nearly as much of a a biker as she is like i have a bike but that's only since october that i even had a bike so oh i just use it for random things, but not on a daily basis. See, I've become now that I'm, I mean, now that I'm in town, I've become the urban biker and, uh, it's great. Um, I haven't been, I haven't biked, uh, since oh, yeah. I haven't biked for a couple months now and I feel bad about it because I'm like, yeah, you can bike in the winter and we got this. It's really, I, I don't have like a, a winter bike specifically. Yeah. You want to invest in like some tires and things if you're going to do that. I think I could if I was really like if I was really ready to do it. We had this weird period of time where we had a week where it got like 35 to 40 degrees for a week. And we had a lot of snow and everything melted. Not every I mean not everything didn't like we still have a lot of snow, but it created this ice like this inch ice sheet over everything. And like my dogs walk around outside, slip and fall all the time. Like the whole yard is just the streets are glare ice. Everything is just this bizarre, like glare ice everywhere. So kind of been waiting for that to tamp down. Stella's birthday is uh, less than a month away. 
And nice. she gave me her birthday list. Yeah. And I looked at it and I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, it's a, it's a 10 year old's birthday list. Yeah. And then we got down to new bike and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go to the bike shop up the street and get her a new one. Chuck, I was wondering if before we close, if you would want to say a little bit about the podcast lately, because you, you commented on this during our board and staff meeting about how you've just been feeling a little off with the podcast. And we obviously haven't published nearly as many podcasts, uh, since the start of the year. Do you want to talk about that at all? What did I say? Uh, like, what was your takeaway you, from what I said? I think you just said, um, you've been in like sort of a rut and not, not feeling the podcast lately. Um, and we've also had a bunch of scheduling things that have prevented like several interviews that we had set up from actually happening. So, um, we do have some scheduled this week that I think will actually happen, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you just admitted to being a little bit in a rut and we did have something that's a big expectation on you. I mean, you, you do the majority of the podcast interviews. So we did have like three that got canceled. Yeah, we had we yeah. had three that got canceled. And so yeah, there would have been podcasts if they hadn't. I I think the the thing that I struggle with is that um my writing and my work really um here really follows kind of like my passion, right? And yeah. so when I when I when I post, especially my Monday post where I've kind of been mulling something over for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um you're you're generally getting like the thing that's on my mind and you know, when I write during the week, it's, it's the same kind of thing. I, I, I think the, the best stuff I do is when I, you know, tell you on Friday, like clear the whole week out for me. <laughs> I, do, I do that every now and then. Yeah. Like I'll take every morning yeah. post all week. Cause I've got like something really important to write. Um, I, I think sometimes the podcast tends to be like a counter to that. Like, you know, I'm really been focused a, a lot, uh, you know, since the election, on this, uh, this, you know, moral psychology stuff. And really before then on the behavioral economics, uh, front and you know, the, those are not, those are like in strong towns world, those would be like, you know, graduate level type things. Um, you know, then there, you, you don't just jump into that conversation. And so there's this part of me that's like, okay, that's, I, I really like to be talking to people about that because that's what I'm really interested in and that's what I'm exploring and that's what I'd like to know more about. And then I have this, you know, podcast with someone who, you know, has something like cool and nice and related, but now I have to stop. I have to like delve into that. I have to come up with questions. I have to come up with like a line of thinking. I've got to read their book or do something like that. And it, it's, yeah, it kind of is like, oh, I, now it becomes work, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like yeah, I'm lazy and I don't want to do work, but I'm, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know as like our movement benefits from, uh, from that. So we're trying to figure out a way to balance those things. I, I actually get a lot of, you know, when we talked about it, we talked about this being like a good podcast for, for, for giving people updates on what's going on and like quick takes. We also talked a little bit about the need to do some, you know, some interview type podcasts, but have them maybe be shorter and, uh, and tighter, uh, and then do some, what I would call like frontline style stuff where we tell a story, but have multiple, you know, sound bites and clips and, uh, and things in it. And I find those like more interesting, um, but they take more time too. There's a lot more that goes into it. Right. And, uh, 
that may be a, a place where we put a little bit more energy now in 2017. And then, you know, the other one, the fourth one then is just the monologue podcast, which I, I actually enjoy doing. Um, I get mixed reviews. I get people who say like, this is my, the best podcast ever. Please keep doing these. And then other people saying like, you know, no, go back to interviewing people. I'm not interested in this. So I, I think a mix is good, but it's, it's sometimes hard when like you'd, uh, you know, you got to switch your brain around so quickly and it's, it's hard to do creative stuff when you, uh, are in that space. Well, I'd be interested in feedback from our listeners too. If you feel like sending one of us an email about your thoughts on the podcast, uh, cause that's podcast is one of the things that we have the least data on. Um, and hopefully we'll find new ways to collect that data, but compared yeah, we to like, the website or Facebook feed, um, we don't have a ton of data on like who's listening to what, and we don't really have comments unless you go to the effort of going on our website and commenting on the podcast. So anyway, feedback is always good. We know a, we know a handful of people. You know, we, we get the numbers, and the numbers like are astounding to me. I mean, the th- thousands yeah. of people that are listening to this, this is what blows my mind. Um, and I know because when I go places, people always come up to me and say, like, I listen to your podcast. I listen to your podcast. And that's really great feedback. Um, you know, but yeah, we don't, you know, we, we can see from like our readers, uh, you know, who shares stuff, uh, who, you know, becomes members and that kind of thing, uh, from our podcast listeners, it's like a black hole out there that we're talking into. And, and sometimes it's, sometimes it's a lonely thing, right? But yeah. All right, everyone take care and have a great week. We need your help. If you think the Strong Town's message is important, don't keep it to yourself. Pass it on. You can get more information and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns at strongtowns.org.